Well, hello again, Thorsten. Hey, John. <laughs> nice to see you again. Okay, I, I'm not going to lie. Uh, when you said that we were going to review live albums, I was like, shit, no, I don't want to do this because <laughs> it's not something I'm familiar with. But this has been the most fun researching it and, and actually going back in and listening to some of the live albums I've listened to as a, as a kid. So yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing what you have. I know in the last podcast we had lots of crossover. I don't think we're going to have much crossover today. I think the same. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's for me, it was also a lot of fun to find out favorite ones. So, um, <laughs> can I ask you one question? Please. Why, why live album? Because I know that you speak about them all the time. What is it about a live album that you like so much? Why? Because. Um, very often the versions on the live album are different than the studio versions and uh, some musicians do improvisations with the songs and um, especially if you listen to rock bands uh, the digital solo is a little bit different and um, sometimes they talk to the audience and you you feel um, the, the reaction of the audience and uh, that makes um, everything a little bit uh, different than the studio album yeah, I think that's true, I, I, and that that kind of shone through actually when I was listening to, to some of the the albums, um, and reminding myself of you know sometimes a live album is the first album you listen to, and then yeah. you go and you go into the back catalog, and it's really good. So I grew up with rock music, and rock bands uh, normally uh, are releasing live albums, and uh, your your style, your your independent bands, uh, electric bands. They're not uh, that much into live albums. No. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, that's that's true. So who do you have? Let, I'm going to let you start here. Um, so who do you have first? Oh, <laughs> it's, it's very hard to say <laughs> which might be the first band. So I, I start um, just in order. Judas Priest, British hard rock band, heavy metal band, um, talking about the album Unleashed in the East. It's a, a live recording in Japan. Um, it was released in 1979. And um, well, that album blew me away. <laughs> I was in school and a friend, uh, he said, hey, have you, have you ever listened to Judas Priest? He said, no, oh, come on, I have a new record. Uh, we have a beer and figured out what beer we were young <laughs> and then um he started the vinyl and uh it was the, the sound was oh, it's blowing me away it's it's very bold guitars and drums and um this high voice um you have to like it uh, from the singer uh, called yeah. rob Alford. but um the whole album there is not a song you say well this is the best one the whole album is amazing and there's one song it's called hell bent for leather and uh, the singer always uh, entered the stage on a harley davidson uh, motorbike so and you hear the sound on, on the vinyl it was brilliant so um it, one still uh, my ever best of um live album from judas priest and they, they made a cover versions uh, i didn't know that there were cover versions a song called um Diamonds and Rust from John Bass. So oh, okay. I, I never heard a version of John Bass. And I wouldn't have I never would have expected Judas Priest to cover John Bass. Yeah. Yeah. 
And uh, another song, Green Manalishi, is a, a Fleetwood Mac song. <laughs> so I was totally dis disappointed when I heard the original versions of those songs. No, it must oh, be a yeah. Judas Priest song. <laughs> so um, my first album is Judas Priest, um, Unleashed in the East, um, Life in Japan from 1979. Okay. John, it's your first album. Thank you. So I'm going to jump in. And this was one of the first albums me and Joanne, my sister, listened to as teenagers. And the album is called Live in the City of Light by Simple Minds. And oh, great. I love this. <laughs> yeah, we played this. We had a cassette. I remember we had a cassette tape of it and we played this to death. Um, so this was um, a concert I released in 1987, recorded in Paris in the Zenit, uh, Le Zenit in Paris. And it's a, it's just brilliant. And it just reminds me of studying for my school exams and being back in the home, you know, with my parents and my brothers and sisters and just me and Joanne blasting this out loud. And we were huge Simple Mind fans in the late eighties and the early nineties. And some of the songs that like, don't you forget about me, everybody kind of knows, but on the live album, it was kind of alive and kicking. It was just we used to just play this one song over and over and over again, and the live version of this on this album is much better than any of the the studio albums. And then Oh Jungle Land, you know, yeah. much better than any of the studio albums. So we, and if, when when Joanne listens to this, she's going to smile and she's going to phone me and she's going to go, Oh my God, I remember this album so well. Um, and even the album cover, I remember vividly and just listening to this again, just brought back so many good memories. So my first one is Live in the City of Light by Simple Minds. And should I say you something? Um, I love the song East. Yes, East, East, East at Easter. I still got goosebumps because um, it's an acoustic version and it ends with this acoustic guitar. And you hear the echo of the guitar. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, one of the best songs from Simple Minds. East yeah. East. Yeah. It's it's a brilliant album, really. And it was number one for ages. And yeah. So this is another one now. As I was kind of listening back to this, I need the vinyl of this, so I need to go on and search and find it now. It's it's very hard to get. Um. So I'll I'll find it. I'll find it. So that's it. Yeah. Cross my fingers. Do the same. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My second album is, uh, again, British band UFO. Um, the, the name of the album is Strangers in the Night. It was released in 1978 and recorded during their um, America tour. So talking about UFO, um, the, the, the funny thing or the big thing is um, the guitar player, he's German. Um, his, his name is Michael Schenker. Um, his uh, famous brother is Rudolf Schenker, member of founder uh, of the German band Scorpions. And the Scorpions were supporting UFO. And um, when UFO uh, came for the German tour from Britain, um, they had some trouble with the guitar player. And they were asking uh, the Scorpions uh, if they can help with a guitar player. So Michael Schenker jumped in the band and uh, played the UFO show as well. And it was so fantastic that they hired him. And um, yeah, so you've uh, all had a new guitar player, Scorpions lost one. And um, since Michael Schenker um, was playing with UFO, 
the Star Wars Rising of that band and um, a document of um, yeah, the best um, face of this. Um, yeah. Uh, name it, who, what songs of UFO would I know? I don't know them at all. There's, there's a song called uh, Dr. Dr. Very Famous or um, an iconic uh, rock song, um, Rock Bottom. Okay. A 10, 10 minute track. Um, and um, for example, um, Iron Maiden. Before Iron Maiden entered the stage, the road crew always play Dr. Dr. When you hear Dr. Dr., you know, get off the beer stand, come, come <laughs> to the stage, because Iron Maiden will be in three minutes on the stage. Um, that's a ritual. So, and um, since uh, Michael Schenker was um, a member of that band, um, so UFO got uh, worldwide famous. But um, as always, drugs, alcohol, and um, his English wasn't that good. Um, there were so many uh, misunderstandings in the band. Michael Schenker left the band. But um, when when UFO had his um, high time, um, it was uh, documented with um, Strangers in the Night, one of the best albums, live albums ever. It is listed on the Rolling Stone list, uh, as I know. Um, and um, I, I have it on my iPhone, so I listen very often to to Rock Bottom and a Natural Thing. And what, what I love is um, in the past, uh, when a big rock band entered the stage, a member of the road crew were announcing them. So this record is starting with the announcement. Hello, Chicago. Would you please welcome from England? UFO. And the crowd is going wild. And yeah, you know, the first tones of Michael Schenker's guitar. So Strangers in the Night from UFO, my wow. second album. Okay. Now, strangely enough, I'm going to stick with the same city and the same venue for my second album, right? <laughs> so recorded in the Zenith, um, Les Zenith de Paris in Paris. And my second live album is called Paris by the Cure. Um, so uh, there had to be a Cure album in here because they've released a good few um, live albums. But for me, this is my favorite. And the reason why it's my favorite is because of the, it's not just focus on one album or an era. It goes all the way back into their start. And this was around the, the Wish Tour. So 1992, it was recorded. Um, so one of my favorite Cure songs is called The Figurehead. And the first song on this album is The Figurehead. And The Figurehead is such a dark, like, gothy song. And this version on, on Paris is incredible. Like, the version that's on pornography is incredible. But this live version just gives me goosebumps even thinking about it. It's just amazing. Yeah. And then it goes into 100 years and then goes into At Night, which is from 17 seconds, play a part, which is a wish song. But it kind of stays in the early era cure, you know, around pornography, faith, 17 seconds, which I just thought was great. Then it, yeah. there's great songs then from, you know, Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me. And then one of my very favorite Cure songs, and it's really rare that they play it live, is called Dressing Up. And it's from the album The Top. And I remember seeing them play in Dublin and they played this song Dressing Up and it's just wonderful. So to have this on a live album is is glorious. Um, Charlotte Sometimes, one of the greatest Cure songs is on this album and then close to me. So it's got all of those kind of really essential 
Cure songs from their origin right up to 1993. Mm -hmm. um, so I love this album. I still listen to this quite a bit. So the Cure um, Paris album for me. You have a Cure album too, I, I, I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, 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 I don't have a Cure. I'm on my list today. <laughs> oh, yeah. So this, is, this, this was great. So next band I, I will talk about. Um, I never had a chance to see them live and very, very bad. And we, we had also already a discussion about Thin Lizzy. Mm. The, the name of the album is Life and Dangerous. Um, <laughs> just seeing the, the cover of the album, Phil Linnett, the singer and bass player, is kneeing on the floor of the stage, raising his fist into the air. And um, no, it's, yeah. so it's a typical hard rock cover. And the, the whole album, um, Again, there is no song where you can point out and say, hey, this is the best. The, the whole album is brilliant. Um, and you feel the power of Thin Lizzy really when you hear them live. So we were talking um, at the beginning about why live or studio albums. So Thin Lizzy live, um, you can't top them. And um, he, he had conversations with his uh, audience. Um, they had uh, as a guest player, a saxophone player from their support uh, uh, group, Graham Parker, the rumor he's playing the saxophone on uh, Dancing in the Moonlight. Um, and it's just pure rock music, no overdubs, nothing. And um, as many other albums, it's not only um, a recording from one evening, it's a collection uh, of uh, several evenings, and uh, they made the best out of it. So. Um, and um, yeah, it was released in 1977. And um, yeah, the, the recording um, technology was totally different than we have today. So you have pure raw rock music. And um, it's uh, yeah, also in the list of the top 100 best uh, live albums in the Rolling Stone magazine. Yeah, I, I, when I was looking at live albums and doing research, this one kept coming up um, mm. all the time. Yeah. So. Finn Lizzy, Life and Dangerous. Wow. What's your next, John? So my next one is Minimum Maximum by Kraftwerk. Um, <laughs> now, I, I, I debated whether to use uh, 3D, the collection, or uh, 3D, the catalog, or Minimum Maximum. And the only reason why I went with Minimum Maximum is because you can hear the audience. Because <laughs> in 3D, the catalog, you don't hear the audience. Yeah. Um, and I love the introduction to radioactivity on this one. Mm. Um, the way they talk about Salafield and like in those robotic voices. Um, and it's got a really, really great playlist. Um, it, it, it covers everything. You know, for anybody that hasn't seen Craftwork Live, they're missing out. Um, they're just essential live band. And you kind of don't think so because it's it's electronic music and but the way it's done is is really incredible, and and you know you do, you think that it's not going to translate on, onto a, a recording, but it does. Yeah. Maximum does, and you hear the audience participation, um, and I, I you know th this is terrific, and just for that radioactivity um, song alone, that's what made me choose this one over 3D the catalog. Yeah, cool, <laughs> wonderful, yeah. Um, Kraftwerk is always uh, in my collection, at the top of the list. 
My next album, um, American band, The Eagles. Mm. So, Eagles, very su successful uh, rock, country rock band. Um, and like many other bands, they split because um, the one guitar player couldn't play again with the other and so on. Um, and they were saying, um, we only will come together new as a band when the health freezes mm. over. So that happened after, uh, uh, I think, what, 14 years um, break. And they came together <clears throat> and recorded a live album, which is called Hell Freezes Over. And the funny thing is um, they started um, with instrumental versions. And there's a wonderful, I think everybody knows um, the instrumental version um, of Hotel California with the um, yeah, acoustic guitar, the bongos and everything. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And then they continue with um, electric songs and the mixture it makes uh, just as a brilliant album. So, um, and, and the sound, the recording technology is brilliant. I have this Adobe Surround version as well. Um, normally, I, I, I hate such, uh, I, I love stereo sound. Yeah. But um, with that, it, it's uh, awesome. So, if you have an um, Adobe Surround uh, system in your home, use it for this record. <laughs> Yeah, um, and I think it was released in 1994. So um, it's not from the 80s, it's not from the 70s. It's yeah. something new on my, my list here. Very good. Okay, so Eagles, Hell Freeze is over. John, your next one. So my next one is from a quintessential 80s band, but it's a recording from 2001. The, the band is The Psychedelic Furs, and the album is called Beautiful Chaos. And this is actually a really special album to me, right? Because I, I grew up loving The Psychedelic Furs. I love everything they do, but they went on a hiatus from 1991, and they kind of just disappeared off the face of the earth. And then they, they I, I just presumed they had split up. But they, they got back together again in the year 2000 and then they released this live album and it is terrific. It's got all their hits. It's called Beautiful Chaos Greatest Hits Live. So <laughs> it's got all of their hits, but they sound fantastic. Like they just sound incredible on this album. And, you know, when you, you think somebody is gone forever and then they, they come back and then they release something, but they released a live album and it just made me feel really good because they were back together and they were playing. I had never seen them live at this time because I was a bit young when they had kind of split up or went on hiatus. So this was very exciting for me to hear the Psychedelic Furs live. Yeah. Um, and it's his voice sounds great. The guitar playing, the saxophone Everything sounds amazing on this album. And I got to see them live in Dublin about five years ago. And they are a stunning live band. Um, so this is one of my favorites. And this one means a lot to me for that yeah. reason. That's good. Cool. So my next one is um, what I didn't uh, know. Um, Peter Frampton, um, he, he's um, an English guitar player living in America, and for, for me, he was always American. And um, the first time I heard Peter Frampton um, was at my uh, cousin's home. Uh, I always spent my school holidays um, with my aunt uh, in my aunt's house. And um, my, my cousin, she's uh, very conservative, but she always surprising me with <laughs> records I never heard before. So she brought me to Pink Floyd. I never heard Pink Floyd before. <laughs> and um, one day, um, 
we had a drink in, in, in her room and she was, hey, you have a new record. Um, so who is this? Peter Frampton. Like, Who's Peter Frampton? And then she played this iconic song, Do You Feel Like We Do? And um, it's a, a long track. Um, and uh, he, he's using, um, I hope I, I, I use the correct word, um, the guitar together with a host pipe. Wow. It's called a talk box. So um, he makes his um, guitar screaming with his voice. Um, and it is so wonderful. It's so awesome. And um, Peter Frampton, and when you see him, it looks like a sunny boy. He, very successful in America. It's the his first number one Billboard uh, album in America. And um, he has so many other hits on this album. Um, Show Me The Way or Lines On My Face. Um, it's just beautiful. And um, <laughs> I directly bought the vinyl when it came out as a re-release. And uh, it's still rotating on my uh, turntable. Oh, so um, this album was released in 1976, so very old, but still popular and absolutely wonderful. Peter Frampton comes alive. Come to life. Okay. Okay. So my next one is um, by Galaxy 500. And the album is called Copenhagen. So the name of this podcast is This Is Our Music, which was a Galaxy 500 album. <laughs> so um, it, it, it kind of feels right to be talking about Galaxy 500. Um, Galaxy 500, a Boston band, um, released three albums and then split up. And if there's any band that should really get back together again and release something, it's Galaxy 500. But I don't think they, they're on talking terms. I don't know what happened. But this yeah. album was recorded in 1990 in Copenhagen, named the album. And it's it's got a really good um, cross-section of all of their three albums. Um, so starting with Decomposing Trees and goes all the way to Don't Let Your Youth Go To Waste. Uh, just a, It's a really great album. And, you know, it's not the best live album in the world, but because there's so little material from Galaxy 500, I have to include this because they've only released three studio albums um, and then just disappeared. Um, but this really captures them really well from a live perspective. So I love Galaxy 500. They're just one of my 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 top bands. Um, so Copenhagen is the is the album and Galaxy 500 is the band. Cool. And it hasn't to be always the best rock album for, for all the others. It's um, our best rock live album. So, yes, yes. My next band, um, I think most of our listeners know this band. It's, um, again, a British band, Motorhead. Okay. <laughs> they had this iconic title, No Sleep Till Hammersmith. It was released in 1981, and it's just brutal. It's, it's a brutal... <laughs> live album it's uh they drove with 250 kilometers maximum from the first <laughs> to the last song and again we have the difference to to um all the um studio albums motorhead is a is a heavy metal band and they are more heavy metal when they play live so it's raw it's dirty and um you have this um <laughs> It's typical uh, voice, <laughs> you can't say he's singing, but screaming of Lemmy. And um, it's it's just uh, it's just a cult album. So it's um, from the first song, 
I, I can't uh, even pick one uh, again. Um, when they play uh, Overkill, it's uh, their I iconic song. Um, but uh, Bomber is great. Ace of Spades is uh, great. Um, so if you love heavy metal, you have to love No Sleep Till Hammersmith. Okay. So that's all. Brilliant. Now, I, I, I'm going to just calm things down here now. Nice and you know, move away from 250 kilometers an hour, and we're gonna we're gonna step into the world of the civil wars, and it's nice oh. and calm. And the album is called Live at Eddie's Attic, and it was a uh, a release on record uh, day back in 2014, but it was recorded in 2009. Um, this is your fault. You introduced me to the civil wars, and I love them, and it still breaks my heart that they split up. Um, and this this live album, it, the, the interaction actually between Joy Williams uh, and John Paul White, the two people in the Civil Wars on this one, the chemistry between them is magical. Um, yeah. And I don't know what happened. I don't know why they split up. My theory is that they were probably in love with each other, but married to other people. And when you hear them on the stage here, you yeah. just the interactions between the two of them, there's something really special. Um, what a wonderful, wonderful band um, what what beautiful songs they created and and this live at Eddie's attic is is yeah. is a beautiful live album. It's kind of acoustic um it's duets um Americana and it, it's 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 just so beautiful and they released two really great albums after this um they have a lovely story about how they formed. Um, and then they they exploded onto the scene, won loads of awards, and then just split, uh, and no, nobody knows why. Um, yeah. and very sad, but I think this is a lovely, lovely live album to kind of leave behind. You can feel the, the magic of the... Oh, absolute magic is the right word, yeah. yeah. You can feel the magic when, when they're singing, even uh, on their studio albums. That's why I love them too, yeah. Well, wonderful, wonderful album, I agree. Um, all right, my next one, everybody again knows this band, it's U2, it's the first uh, official live album Under a Blood Red Sky, it was released in 1983, it's a recording from the um, German Rock Palace uh, series, um, again, um, totally different to the studio albums, U2 is a live band, and um, you, you know, um, some songs are much longer than the studio versions because um, Bono is talking some stories on the stage and um, The Edge is uh, playing uh, some different chords to the songs and it's it's a brilliant, uh, it was a brilliant concert. You can see it also on, on YouTube. Um, the Rock Palace uh, concerts, they were always great. And um, I think uh, it was when you to uh, break through um, mm. so 1983, they were not that commercial yeah. uh, like the newer songs. So I, I love more the old YouTube band, but uh, it's it's still a, a brilliant album. And it, it was re released also on vinyl and on vinyl. It's uh, perfect. Yeah. So, um, U2, Under a Blood Red Sky. So I said we weren't going to have any crossovers. We have a crossover because I have this on my list as well. Oh. <laughs> yeah. okay. I didn't think we'd have any, but we do, we do. So yeah, I, I had this down for all of those exact same reasons. And, you know, in Ireland, this was one of those huge albums. Um, mm. 
and this was you two, like you said, just about to break through. I think this was before Unforgettable Fire, which is what kind of launched them onto the world stage. But they yeah. sound really good on this album, don't they? Yeah. They sound really, really good. Okay, so we do have a crossover, so I'm going to check this off my list, okay? So my, my next one is um, by the Jesus and Mary chain, and the album is called Live at Barrowlands. Um, and this album was to celebrate the 30th anniversary of their first album, Psycho Candy. Um, and Psycho Candy, again, is one of my favorite albums. Um, it's it's that album. I, I, I know we spoke about this before, Torsten, that it, it kind of changed everything that I was listening to when I heard this album, because all of a sudden there was like screechy loud guitars and, you know, kind of. That, that just changed me and like, shoegaze came from Jesus and Mary Chain and I'm just love shoegaze. So yeah. I have to have the Jesus and Mary Chain in here. But the tr it's an interesting track listing because the first um, seven songs are like their greatest hits, right? Not their greatest hits, but they're kind of their best songs um, in their catalog. And then they they launch into Psycho Candy in its entirety. And it sounds incredible. It sounds incredible live. The guitars are really loud. His voice is really angry. Um, and it, it, it it's everything that's good about the Jesus and Mary chain. Now, I've seen the Jesus and Mary chain live and I was really disappointed. But that's because they played a lot of their newer stuff. But their mm -hmm. old stuff is just amazing. And to, to hear all of their first album live is very special. So I have the Jesus and Mary chain live at Barrowlands and it was released in 2015. Wonderful. My next band, also very famous, Metallica. Oh. Metallica, they um, release a few live albums, but um, the one I'm talking about now is not a typical live album. It's um, called S&M. <laughs> not what you're thinking right now. Um, it's called Symphony and Metallica. It's a recording um, with the San Francisco Symphony um, Orchestra. And the conductor was Michael Kamen. Um, he, he's uh, famous for um, um, soundtrack music, uh, motion picture music. And um, it's such a wonderful album because uh, the mixture of a um, symphony orchestra and a rock band. The danger is most time that the rock band is louder than symphony orchestra. But um, in, th in this case, both parts fits very wonderful together. And um, my, my, my absolute favorite uh, song on this uh, album is Bleeding Me. And um, you hear this tragic violence with this uh, guitar um, solos. Oh, it's, you know, we use this word a few times, goosebumps. Yeah. But, um, it's so brilliant. And they released also a second uh, album with a symphony orchestra, but isn't that good like the first one? And um, maybe you know one or two songs of Metallica. Um, they're also very brutal. They're heavy, heavy metal, and um, but uh, in combination with that orchestra, absolutely great. So um, I have it on vinyl, and on vinyl, uh, a rock band and an orchestra. It's an amazing sound. Yeah, so I can recommend Metallica Symphony and Metallica Short S and M. It's one of those ones you think it shouldn't work. 
Yeah. But when you listen to it, it you, you kind of then think, of course, it's going to work. The huge sound of an orchestra and the huge sound of Metallica together. It's so complementary. It, 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 this is, yeah, it's really good. So Michael Kamen did a fantastic job. Mm. It's uh, just brilliant. Yeah. And I have to say it's from uh, 1999. Yeah. OK. OK. And, um, yeah. The typical thing I would say, the ecstasy of gold. It's a song from uh, Ennio Morricone. It's a Western. Yeah. Maybe you heard the song. Yeah. Yeah. Normally, uh, every um, Metallica uh, show starts with that song. And it's the same with the symphony thing. Wow. It's amazing. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I have to add this. <laughs> That's good. That's good. So my next one is um, Live Reading Festival 1992 by Ride. Um, and th this is kind of a cheat because this was included in a box set. So the box set is called OX4, which is their postcode Oxford 4. Um, and it was recorded in 1992, right when Ride were at their absolute peak. So this is when Shoegaze was at its absolute peak. Um, and this is an this like there's 12 songs. And if you were to pick 12 songs of the the best 12 ride songs, this is it. Like whoever picked the track list for this concert <laughs> nailed it because it's got everything and they are incredible live. And, you know, when you when you were introducing the, the podcast, Torsten, you were saying that the songs sound different. You know, they do different things live. Ride do that. They they yeah. kind of go off on their own tangent at times, and they go into a wall of feedback. And um, this does that. Um, I, I saw them live in Dublin back in 1994, um, and they were just amazing. And they're noisy, and then they disbanded. They kind of split up in '95, but they're back together again. But they're not the same band. They're not playing the same music as they were. Yeah. So this captures them at their absolute height of their power. Um, it's so fast and furious. Um, and oh, it's wonderful. Just wonderful. So live Reading Festival 1992 by Ride. Brilliant. So again, um, next band, absolutely famous um, heroes, my childhood, Led Zeppelin. Talking about um, the album Celebration Day, it was recorded in 2007. Um, Led Zeppelin split when uh, their drummer died, John Bonham, um, and uh, they were saying, so there will be no um, tribute or anything, a concert. Um, we, we won't do like, uh, for example, Kiss, we say, okay, um, this is our last tour. This is our last tour continuing for the next 12 years. <laughs> And um, so Led Zeppelin was very strict, but there was um, one tragic thing what happened. The founder of Atlantic Records, um, Ahmed uh, Erdogan, he died. And, and as a tribute for him, they came together for one last concert. Wow. And um, on drums, um, his replacing his father, uh, Jason Bonham was playing. That's cool. Very cool. And... Um, that was a sensation. So um, I, I read online, 20, say, billion fans tried to get tickets for the concert in London, and the capacity is 18,000 people in this uh, O2 arena, which uh, the concert took place. So um, they recorded the concert uh, on, on video, um, definitely on CD and vinyl, and um, 
I think uh, a real Led Zeppelin fan would say, no, the song remains the same as the best live album. Correct. But I love the sound. I love the idea of playing the song yeah. of uh, yeah. John Bonham, the drums. And um, it shows um, Led Zeppelin, they're old, but they are still brilliant musicians. The voice of uh, Robert Plant is amazing. Jimmy Page on guitar is a, is a hero for everybody. So um, it is just a wonderful, awesome, unbelievable concert. Okay. So Celebration Day live uh, from 2007. Okay, I'm going to go off again. And this is somebody you're not going to expect on my list. So I'm looking forward to your reaction here. Okay. So. <laughs> In the in the late eighties, my father came home from visiting his brothers in Dublin, and had a box of vinyl from his brothers. And in this box of vinyl was this album, and I've loved it. And I've I've subsequently gone on and got loads of their stuff. It's called "Live in Europe" by Creedence Clearwater Revival. Okay, wow. respect. Uh, <laughs> So this this was recorded in 1973. John Fogarty is, is the singer who I'm talking about. He's just got yeah. a wonderful husky voice, um, born on the bayou, traveling band, commotion, Lodi, Bad Moon Rising, Proud Mary. They're all on this. It's a super, super album. And it's lovely to have the original one from 1973, that final from 1973. Um, and I remember listening to it that first time. Um, and it, it, it just keeps coming. I know sometimes you might listen to it for years and then you see it again and you go, oh, I must listen to this again. And you yeah. do listen to it. And it just it just it's one of those albums that you're it's feet tapping and you're you're bopping away to it, you know. So called Life at the Royal Albert Hall. That's right. Just recently. Yes, that's right. Yeah. 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 I love CCR. I yeah. agree. I have the vinyl box, but I have not a live album. Right. Um, I'm jealous. <laughs> so there you are. Yeah. Say, um, there's a wonderful YouTube video uh, online when Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top entered the studio where um, John Fogarty is uh, just recording a, a yeah. new record. And you can see uh, how the, those two guitar players are jamming together. They they start just uh, the first chords of a CCR song, and then they switch to a ZZ Top song. Still great musicians. So wow. and don't forget, his his voice is amazing. I must find out where it was actually recorded. Um, it'll be interesting. I'll find that out. Um, okay. So um, coming to my next one, also very well known it's bruce springsteen bruce springsteen is known for a great rock show of, even for long shows yeah. because normally uh, his um, live shows they three to three uh, and a half hours um so uh, time is flying when he's playing and um this special album is called live in new york city um so you can name um, a few live uh, albums of uh, Bruce Springsteen, but this one um, has wonderful 
wells or prove that Daniel Land or um, American Shots or my, my absolute favorite song is Youngstown um, because um, the guitar solo is played by Niels Lofgren, also a fantastic musician from America. And um, yeah, and even um, also Bruce Springsteen, uh, he's um, playing his songs sometimes different than the studio version, versions. And um, he's such a fantastic musician. And um, next year I'm going to see him again live. He's coming to Munich, he's coming to Düsseldorf. Yeah. I go yeah. to both shows. So I am uh, can't wait to see him again. And yeah, it's Bruce Springsteen live in New York City. It's um, from, when was it recorded? I think uh, 2010 or something. It's not that old. Cool. Yeah, that's good. So my next one is Woodstock. So I have to put it. <laughs> yeah. So so the music from the original soundtrack. It's a live album. Um, everybody, I don't need I don't need to introduce Woodstock. Um, yeah. But there's some really great tracks on here. Like I'm a huge Jefferson Airplane fan. I love Country Joe and the Fish. I love Jimi Hendrix. So they're kind of all there. Um, yeah. And it was I was kind of debating whether I'd put in. Jefferson Airplane live at Fillmore East. But then I said, you know what? I'm just going to put in Woodstock. Um, yeah. it, it's got kind of a bit of everything. We spoke about Joan Baez earlier. So she's on this. Um, the Who are on it, Santana. But it, it's like Woodstock is very important. Um, and the music the around that time is great. Sorry, Torsen? Sorry, I didn't know that the Who were playing on Woodstock. Yeah, the Who played at Woodstock. Yeah, and Joe Cocker played at Woodstock. So they were all there. Um, and they're all on that album. And there's a there's a larger box set that came out, you know, with, with a huge amount of, of music on it. But I, I, you know, I just picked this one. It's much more accessible. Um, I, I watched a documentary like once every couple of years. I'll put it on and pretend I'm a yeah. hippie, you know, um, <laughs> listen to it. But it's really, really terrific. I love it. Cool. Wonderful. All right, my next band, it's, they are from America, Sacramento, named Tesla. The name of the album is Five Man Acoustical Jam. And um, I think uh, this album is, um, was the kickoff for MTV, um, what's it called? Um, Oh, the acoustic, yeah. um, what's it called? Unplugged. Unplugged, just yeah. into yeah. Unplugged. Yeah. 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 Um, because um, they, they started uh, with this acoustic album of their rock songs and they added also um, some some old rock music um, like um, We Can Work It Out or, yeah. or Mother's Little Helper from, from the Rolling Stones and uh, in combination with their songs and um, Tesla is just a brilliant hard rock band and nobody was expecting to hear this, their songs in acoustic versions. So and I think uh, from since they released this album, MTV started with their Unplugged series. And um, so MTV released, uh, I, I don't really like MTV, but they, they yeah, were the worldwide uh, yeah. scene and uh, they started this Unplugged series and there are so many uh, good bands, uh, pop or rock bands, um, who played their songs in an acoustic versions. And um, yeah, I think um, they started to fire with uh, Unplugged series. Amazing. 
So Tesla from Sacramento, it was released in 1990. And um, I don't know Tesla at all. I know the cars. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know the cars at all. I don't know them. Yeah. Okay. So my next one is um, I know it's a it's a singer you love and you love his voice so much, but I had to put this one in for my father. Roy Orbison and Friends, A Black and White Night. <laughs> I have everything of Roy Orbison. Thank you very much for putting this in. <laughs> so I, I put this in because, I, you know, when this was released in 1988, um, my father is, the I would say, the biggest Roy Orbison fan on the planet. So when this was his big comeback, you know, and when this came out, we were made watch this every freaking Sunday night. It was always on. Anytime we drove up to Dublin, which was like every second weekend, he would play this CD. Um, anytime we came home on a Sunday, this record was on. So <laughs> this has been ingrained in my psyche, burnt into my soul, this album. Um, and, you know, as I get older, the more I appreciate it. Um, there's some really great musicians. You know, Bruce Springsteen, Tom Waits, Elvis Costello, they're all playing on this. Yeah. Um, it, and it, it's a great comeback for a for a wonderful artist. He died the same year as his comeback, which is really sad. Mm -hmm. um, but this is a really terrific. It, it's got all his greatest hits. Um, he's he's got a voice I know that you hate. Um, I don't mind it at all. Um, <laughs> I grew up with it. He was called Uncle Roy in our house because he was on the freaking the on the stereo <laughs> every day nearly. Um, so yeah, so I've got to put this in. Shout out to my dad, Roy Orbison and Friends, A Black and White Night. Wonderful. But, but not everything uh, of Roy Orbison is on my hate list because, um, you know, the band, the Traveling Wilburys? Yes, love them. Yeah. And um, he, he was one of the members uh, of the Traveling Wilburys and um, wonderful songs. So come on, yes. it's. Uh, not, not everything is bad. <laughs> I'm going to have my father on this podcast convincing you that Roy Orbison is brilliant at Sunday. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. <laughs> really, yes. um, <laughs> <clears throat> so, serious. Um, my next one is Neil Young, Canadian singer living in America. Um, he, he released in 1978 uh, the uh, live album, Iconic. <laughs> Life Rust. Um, so, um, starting acoustic, wonderful songs, um, and then going over to um, rock versions and uh, Like a Hurricane, um, Tonight's the Night, all his big hits um, play just great. Um, can't describe it. Um, I, I saw Neil Young several times live. Um, also a brilliant um, live actor. Different, we have this thing again, different to his studio albums. Yeah. And um, he's not an easy person, but um, his songs are just brilliant. And um, Live Rust is also in the top 100 list of uh, the Rolling Stone magazine. Um, yeah, just just listen to it. Um, uh, it just released before uh, Life Rust um, this um, iconic song, Hey, Hey, My, My, Rock and Roll Will Never Die. And um, there are two versions on, uh, of this uh, song on this album. 
this acoustic version and then the the rock version it's it's more not, it's not rock it's nearly heavy metal what he's playing so right. totally different um yeah and again with his uh, band uh, crazy horse uh, most people saying this is the best live album with his band crazy horse released in years so you're young live first <coughs> You took mine, so I had you two next. You, you've already taken that, so you go again. I'm all out. I, I've gone through my, my list. No, okay. Uh, yeah, keep going. This is good. Cool. Next one. Uh, Peter Gabriel, former member yes, of Genesis. Yes, I knew you'd have him, yeah. Um, this song, um, or the, the name of this album is Place Life. It was released in 1983. Um, I... I Learned to know Genesis uh, when Peter Gabriel already left the band, and um, a friend of mine he had um, his first solo album, and um, then he released Plays Live, and I bought it because um, the first <laughs> solo album was just brilliant, and um, yeah, I can't describe it. Uh, Peter Gabriel um, is amazing. I also had the chance to see him live a, a few times, and um, he's. Um, not a singer, he's an artist, he's an actor, um, he's telling stories to his songs and um, that is what um, Janice made great yeah. and big with Peter Gable and um, so many people are saying Genesis won't exist uh, without Peter <coughs> Gable. They did because Phil Collins took over the voice and that's, that's a, a different story. But Place um, uh, Live um, is just awesome and there's one song I can't uh, pronounce. Uh, it's called San Yacento. It's um, a long track. Um, it's going over 10 minutes. And the live version is, whoa. Yeah. Say again the word, goosebumps. Yeah. Um, so, and um, wonderful thing is um, last year, uh, Peter Gabriel re-released every album on vinyl again. So so um, I always said the old uh, vinyl from the 80s, and scratching, and <laughs> but now um, I have it in a wonderful um, quality now. Okay, Peter Gabriel plays live. My next one, um, you might know, Klaus Schulze, German keyboard player. Klaus Schulze um, and Tangerine Dream, it's the Berlin School oh, wow. synthesizer music. Um, Klaus Schulze unfortunately died this year. And um, I had the chance to see him only once in Düsseldorf, my hometown. And from that tour in 1979, he released the album just named Life. Um, it was um, recorded in several places in Amsterdam and Paris. Um, and um, it's a double album. And there are only four songs. So wow. Each side one song. Wow. And um, yeah, if you love synthesizer music, um, it's electronic music. It's um, today we would uh, describe it as ambient music. Mm. The word ambient uh, didn't exist uh, at this time, but I think ambient uh, describes it uh, at its best. And um, it's one of the best live albums ever. Because those songs they were never released on a studio album before. Oh, that's cool. I, I don't know. I know Tangerine Dream, but I I, I didn't realize that. That's cool. Go and um, 
go online and listen to Klaus Schulze. I will send you some recommendations. Yeah, please do, yeah. So, and a totally crazy one as the last one. <laughs> American band called Wasp, Life in the Raw. <laughs> Wasp is everything which describes a rock star. <laughs> they, they're smashing guitars on stage. They, they are <laughs> throwing meat <laughs> from the stage to the audience, everything. They, um, um, <laughs> I've got a one, one, one name of the song is Animal Fuck Like a Beast. <laughs> the record company tried to uh, for uh, that they won't release it on on on, on the vinyl, but they put it uh, out uh, as a single. And uh, the Washington Wives they tried to uh, stop this band because um, they are too sexual perverse. <laughs> um, <laughs> that sounds everything uh, crazy and. Um, this is just uh, was visual then when you see them, but if you just listen to the music without the show, seeing yeah. the show, they're a just brilliant rock band. Their sound is so old. It's a very good produced uh, live record. Um, it's uh, after they released the, the first uh, three albums and then they went uh, and the studio and recorded uh, um, or made some overdubs and then uh, Life in the Raw was uh, released. But um, again, Blackie Lawless is the singer and uh, the founder of this band. Um, don't look to his pictures because you will. No. No. no, no, I did it. So as you were describing them, I have never heard of them before. Right? That's why I'm laughing here. I looked up pictures and they are exactly how I imagined them. <laughs> they are. They look exactly how I thought they would look. <laughs> just with hairspray and um, yeah. leather clothes. It's funny. Leather clothes, chains, you know? yeah, yeah. Very tight. Uh, yeah. But um, just, just don't look to the picture. Just uh, listen to the music, and you will hear a, a just brilliant um, hard rock band. Yeah, uh, it's uh, permanent on my iPhone. So um, if I want to play air guitar in my car and <laughs> driving on the autobahn, I'm going to play Wasp. Listen to that. <laughs> so that's my last. I'm surprised. I thought you'd have Kiss on it. Yeah, I was thinking um, Kiss. Uh, I was thinking of Wasp or Kiss, but. Kiss, okay. everybody knows, and right. Okay, good. About Kiss, it would be uh, a live one, the first uh, live album. Um, it's the same. Um, Kiss always have an announcement before um, right. that. Uh, you wanted the best, you got the best. Kiss, and yeah, then yeah. The, the whole uh, explosions and everything is starting. But um, Kiss is brilliant. Kiss should be on my list, but it's okay. Uh, it's okay. That's who I thought you were going to have. As your last one. That's good. So Wasp, I'm going to go listen to Wasp tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> if you like Twisted Sister, you might love Wasp. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I've become the biggest Wasp fan in the world. Yeah, please. <laughs> but that was really good fun. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, I, just, I, didn't, I didn't think I was going to enjoy it, but I, I really did. And it, it kind of reminded me of a lot of things, you know, and some of the bands that you've seen yourself, it's great to kind of listen to them live. Um, and sometimes like the recordings, the live albums are much better than you remember seeing them. And so this was yeah. this was really terrific fun. Yeah, for me too. Yeah. <laughs> cool idea.
Yes, it was a good idea. Yes, I'm going to have you come up with all the ideas from now on because this was your idea. This <laughs> <laughs> is good. <laughs> you brought me to this idea. <laughs> okay, well, this is really good. Um, so we'll have another podcast up uh, at the end of November. I don't know what we're going to talk about then, but we're, yeah. we're coming up close then to our album of the year. So we'll do that in December anyway. Uh, but we'll, we'll try to get another one in before then. Definitely. And you already uh, said you have your list. Uh, <laughs> I have my list. Yeah, there's, I've got a good few on the list already. Yeah, so it's just yeah. good. Cool. Can't wait for this. Yes. Well, it was good talking to you again. It was very fun. I enjoyed that. Thank you very much. Bye bye, John. <laughs>